Father, I thank you, Father, for this morning. I thank you for those that are here to hear the gospel. And for those that are sick, Father, we pray for them, Lord. A lot of them are afflicted, Lord. God, and I pray, God, for healing to take in this church, Lord God. Your people would be healed, strengthened. And, Lord, I pray for this message this morning. I pray that you would minister in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. God is good. Hallelujah. You know, it's unmentioned those that are listening by YouTube. I mean, we have a little audience by YouTube. Praise God. And I thank God for that. And for those that are listening by YouTube, we want to thank you. Invite you to come into our service. And if you choose to, you know, support this work, I'd appreciate it. We can contact us on Facebook. We have contact information. And, I mean, give us a holla. Give us a like. Amen. Hallelujah. How many know that the Lord is good this morning? You know, I want to share something with you. I've been, uh, I've been having some good time with the Lord, praise God. People don't understand that God is trying to call His people to have a closer walk with Him. And today, if we're not looking for that walk, if we're not drawing near to Him, we, we, there's something wrong. You know, sometimes you go through a valley, a dry spell, you wonder where God's at sometimes. You, I don't hear the Lord. But just be patient. Keep drawing. Keep getting near Him. You'll hear Him. I've been having a good time with him lately, praise God. I've, I've been hearing his voice very clearly. I've been encouraged, you know, so much because I know it's him. And I know he doesn't want us to quit or give up. I know you look at other people sometimes, well, they're quitting. Well, they're not going to make it if they don't turn back. But for me and you that are here this morning, we need to understand that quitting is not an option. Let me say that again, right? Quitting is not an option. You quit, you lose. See, quitters never win. <laughs> right? Quitters never see the reward. Quitters will be destroyed with the rest of the world. But for you that are here this morning, God has called you not to be a quitter, not to give up. I'm, I don't know about you, but I just don't have that in me. I just can't see quitting, especially now we're so close to the coming of Christ. Come on. Some of you are going through trials. Some of you may listen to me on the internet are going through problems and maybe facing spiritual problems and financial problems. But I got a word for you this morning. We had a little prayer meeting the other night, and it was just a few of us, me, my sister Kathy, and a couple of, you know what? And I, I felt the Lord speak to me that, that night. See, God don't need a whole lot of people to say something. <laughs> and I want you to turn with me to 2 Kings real quick, and I'm going to show you what he spoke to me. And I want you to leave encouraged this morning, okay? Chapter 4. So happened my mom was singing about Elijah this morning. But you know, Elijah, he came to a certain woman in the Bible. And this woman was fixing to lose everything she had. Her husband had died, godly man. He was a, a man of, uh, uh, believed in the Lord. He feared God, but he, he ended up leaving a death that he owed. And back then when you, when you owed a debt, one thing that would happen is that they would take your children and put them in slavery and sell you, take your children away from you. And that's the way you get your debt, debt paid. But this woman didn't want her children sold. She didn't want her children given over to slavery. So Elijah came to this woman, and, and this, is, this is a very important story because a lot of times we don't see how far God wants us to go. Elijah chapter, uh, I'm sorry, 2 Kings chapter 4, verse 1. That's what I should have told you all, praise God. And this woman is in a dire despair. Not only her husband died, she was fixing to lose her two sons because of the debt that her husband left. He owed money. I want you to listen to me this morning. Something the other night when we were praying, I read this story whilst we was, worship, was praying. God was teaching us that how big is your God? Brother Swagger said that a lot about his grandmother. That's why he got that principle of when you're going to believe, believe big, Jimmy. He told, 
Believe big because God is a big God, right? No matter what your situation looks like, man, come on, Holy Ghost. God is a big God. This woman was facing this problem I just told you about. Let me read the story to you because I want you to listen, catch something that the Lord spoke to my heart. A certain woman of the wives of the sons of the prophets. This was a, the man that died. He was a man of God, right? He, he was a prophet. He was part of the sons of the prophets. This was his wife crying out to Elijah saying, your servant, my husband is dead. And you know that your servant feared you, or feared the Lord. And the credit, creditors is coming to take away my two sons to be slaves. So Elijah said to her, what will you have me to do? What shall I do for you? That's a good question, right? How many of you come before the Lord sometime and you, and you tell it got all your problems? You say, what do you want me to do? <laughs> How can I help you? How can I make your life better? How can I, I, I present something that will put you at peace? I'm going to read, I'm going to quote it now because there's something that links with Abraham when he was sitting at the tent and the, and the, men, the angels came to him. Remember that story? And he came, they, they came to him and, and they said, Abraham, at this time tomorrow, I mean next year, whatever, not tomorrow, at this time you're going to have a son. Sarah's going to have a son. And Sarah was in the tent in back of Abraham. She was in the tent. And she laughed. <laughs> right? You ever done that? God said, I'm going to do this for you. And he said, oh, right. <laughs> you ever done that? Ha! Sure. <laughs> and Sarah was an old lady. She said she couldn't bear children. And Abraham's an old man. And how am I going to have a baby? She laughed, and the angel said, why did Sarah laugh? <laughs> Is anything, he said, too hard for the Lord, the angel told Abraham? God is powerful. There's nothing too hard for the Lord. And this woman is taking this circumstance in chapter 4 of, of, of 2 Kings and saying, your servant is dead. He feared you. Now I'm left with this dead. And Elijah says, what do you want me to do? <laughs> How can I solve this problem? Right? Let me wipe my glasses. I feel like preaching. <laughs> I got a smudge on them. <laughs> and he says this. In uh, verse 2, Elijah said to her, what shall I do for you? Tell me, what do you want? What's, what do you have in your house? He says, look, look around. What, what do you have? Remember, this woman has very little. Right? She doesn't have much, but this one, he said, she says, and she said, your, maid, your maidservant has nothing in the house but one jar of oil. <laughs> One. Now, me and James, we go through a lot of trials with finances and, and our business. And sometimes I said, hey, so what do you have, James, in the account? <laughs> Ain't got much. <laughs> Very little. <laughs> and you know what happens? God always fills the jar. <laughs> God is always there. How, listen, how, how far can your faith go this morning? She says, go get the jar of oil. You go and borrow other jars from your neighbors. Go get jugs and jars and whatever you can find. Bring as much as you can. So the two sons go and borrow jars and whatever they can. From the neighbors. And they brought a whole bunch of jars. And 
And all of a sudden, Elijah says this. He says, then he said, go buy our vessels from everywhere, or everyone, from all the neighbors, empty vessels, empty vessels. Make sure there's, there's nothing in them. And he says, do not ga gather just a few. Now watch, I'm going to show you something. If you want something from God, don't limit him. Oh, come on, Jesus. If you're expecting from God, don't come and, oh, I got this humble little jar. That's all I could find. Oh, oh, oh I don't expect much from God. Just, a, just a, a morsel of meat and a little bread to eat. No. He said, go borrow a lot of jars. <laughs> come on. She only got this one jar. One. I don't know how big it is. Apparently it wasn't very big. But she only had one. Go borrow all some jar. Go borrow as much as you can find. But how much as you can carry, as much as you can bring. And don't borrow just a few. Get a lot of them. <laughs> I'm going to sound like an old black preacher. Oh, mm, well, that sounds good, huh? Amen. <laughs> if your bank account is low, <laughs> go borrow a lot of jars. Come on, somebody. If you feel like you've been defeated, go borrow a lot of jars. If nothing's happening right, get a lot of jars. Come on. If the creditors are knocking on your doors, I'm going to cut off your lights, take your house from you, go borrow a lot of jars. Come on, somebody. Go. And she went. Her sons went and grabbed as much as they could find. And they shut the door behind them. Then they poured into all those vessels and set aside the full ones. Listen, I like when my vessels are full. I like when my jars are full. They took this one. <laughs> I want you to get a picture of this this morning, okay? How deep is your faith? Are you limited in God? <laughs> you hear me? He takes this one jar. And she starts pouring it in the borrowed jar. She fills that one up. She puts it aside, and she still has that same jar. She fills another one up, puts it aside. And man, listen, them jar, they, that all, listen I'm going to tell you a story. I saw it on the Internet one time. And in Alabama, they had a phenomenon taking place, and I kind of believe it, okay? I'm, I'm, maybe I'm... A man had a Bible, and he started noticing oil coming out of the Bible, okay? It wasn't nothing religious. He just opened the Bible, and Brother Allen, oil was pouring out of that Bible. He put it in a bucket, in a bucket, and people would come from miles around. As the oil would fill up the bucket from the Bible, they'd put it somewhere else. And I said, how in the, listen, God does what he wants. I don't understand it. But it wasn't a, a, there wasn't a, a, a religious object. It was a Bible. He just said it in that thing. And it seemed like God miraculously made the oil come out of the Bible. Don't ask me how to explain it. The man can't explain it. No one can explain it. But the oil was flowing. <laughs> and the lady here, she fills up one jar. Okay, bring me another one. Fills up another one. Hey, boys, hurry up. This thing's going fast. <laughs> and all of a sudden, after they'd gone through all the jars, came to pass when the vessels were full, verse 6, it says, Then she said to her son, Bring me another vessel. He said to her, there is not another vessel. I'm going to out of, out of jars. Now watch. This part right here caught me because the oil stopped. After every jar was filled, the oil stopped pouring. Listen, that's the reason why sometimes we don't see God's power in our lives. Because we're not willing to... We're not willing to Trust the Lord to fill our oil vessels. And after we get comfortable sometimes, 
And we wonder why the oil stops. I remember a story in the Bible where Jesus talked about a man building a barn. And he puts, he puts all his, you know, his crops into this barn. And he sits back and says, you know what? I got enough now. Laid up for many years. I don't have to worry anymore. I can live my life free. And the scriptures are very clear. He said, don't you know this night your very soul might be required of you? Keep filling. Keep bringing, keep bringing, bringing the, uh, the, the, the vessels. Fill the jars. Borrow as much as you can find. If you want something from God, don't give up. Don't settle for one jar. Don't settle for two. But grab as much as you can. Believe in God that he's going to fill that, fill that them jars. Because the answer is in God's faithfulness. Come on, somebody. And see what God said, and that's it. They don't, they don't, that's not what I say. It's not what a, any preacher or priest or a rabbi says. It's in what God says. Bring the vessels. Fill the jars. Grab as much as you can. Put as much as you can aside. Get it. Listen. I have an answer for you, praise God. If you can trust him, you, your vessels will be full every day. That all will never stop, man. It's when you stop bringing the vessels. When you stop trying to find the vessels. The vessel represents God's blessings. Come on, somebody. And when we doubt him, when we don't have faith anymore, when we start getting wavered and said, well, I got enough. God has done enough for me. I don't need any more. I need him every day. I need the blessings every day. I need the all. I feel it. I need the all to never stop. Come on. My faith is in what God says. The all, as long as the vessels are there, there will be oil. Vessels are a symbol of your faith. Come on, somebody. Vessels are the symbol of your faith. You got to believe that God is going to bring you oil every day. You got to present a vessel every day. Let God fill those jars. Make sure you keep them coming. The minute the last vessel was filled, there was no more. The oil ceased. How many of you ever went through that time when you feel like you're on top of the world? I mean, the spirit is moving in your life. God is showing you stuff. He's teaching you stuff. And all of a sudden, a while, you just, you just dry up. You just give up. You just say, well, I don't feel God no more. God don't love me no more. God ain't doing nothing for me anymore. Because he has nothing to pour the oil in. <laughs> the vessel of faith is dried up in us. I want to show you something this morning. That if you can open your heart this morning and allow the Holy Spirit to speak to you and say, listen, if you have the vessels, the oil will always be there. As long as you give God a vessel to pour it into. My God, I like that. Praise God. As long as you're a vessel that God can pour that all into. Not let the all sit there and do nothing. Right? It's got it's to overflow. When it overflows, grab another bucket. Grab another vessel. And let that all flow. The Lord showed me that sitting here. Thursday night and I was so encouraged I was so blessed I said God that's where we missed it because we're not we were satisfied with a little oil in, in, a, in, a, in, a, in one vessel we don't, as long as I can have a little bit God no I want a lot and I'm not trying to be selfish and suck it spiritually you know what I'm saying I want to grow in the Lord I want my vessel and my oil to be poured out in another vessel I want more of the oil of God in my life I want the spiritual all and the physical all and the financial all. I want all that in my life. God has promised me you'd give it to me. Yes. You know, we, we, we think we, got, we were real humble. We said, oh, God, I got enough. I don't need no more. No, you're not humble. Maybe it's your lack of faith. And I'm not into prosperity preaching. That's not what I'm talking about today. But for you personally, when you need something from God, you've got to allow that oil vessel to be ready to be poured into, praise God, because God is not going to pour it when, you're going to, when the vessel's not going to be there anymore. You've got to have a vessel ready for God to pour his oil into, right? And I know this story is basically about this woman being in debt. But there's a spiritual side. God wouldn't have put it in here if he didn't want us to learn a spiritual lesson, right? He would never put it in here. And he goes on and he says this. 
Well, and he said unto her, Now, son, there is not another vessel, so the oil ceased. Then she told the man of God, he said, Go sell the oil. This is Elijah telling this woman, Go pay your debt, and you can live off the rest, you and your sons. My God, that's a blessing. How would you like God to pay all your debts and have enough set aside you can live the rest of your life on? Come on. That's the kind of God I serve. I don't know about you. I'm tired of living check by check. Bill by bill. Listen, I want to be able to live the rest of my life on what the oil God's going to give me. Come on. I don't know if you feel the same way. I do. I want God to do supernatural things in my life. I want that all to flow always. Always flowing, Lord God. Always flowing. I want to be able to sit down and say, God, I can live off the rest. You know why you're going to live off the rest? I don't think that all ever stop flowing. Because, you know, see, the, the, it, he said it. You ran out of vessels. The all's going to cease. You got to always have a vessel ready when God fills it up. Amen? Don't, let, me, let me go to... Uh, Genesis. Well, I don't know. I'll go to Luke. I, I quoted Genesis a little while ago, but let's go to Luke. Chapter 1. There's nothing impossible for the Lord. And I know in my heart, if we can only believe that. I was listening this morning. Turn me to Luke chapter 1. Let me get to my spot. How many know God's a good God? And listen, God is not sleeping. He sees your need. I've been feeling the need to try to encourage people in your faith the last few weeks because I know that a lot of times we wonder, where is he? Where is the Lord? Amen? Why does God sometimes seem so far off? I heard something this morning, and it stuck to me, Okay? I don't want to be just surviving, right? Come on, somebody. I don't want to just be making it. I want to enjoy God's blessings, right? Now, in my own personal life, I have some needs. And you know what? I'm going to be honest with you. I enjoy anything God gives me. I worship when God gives me. But I don't just need sprinkles of God's blessing. I need the abundant blessings of God. I told somebody, I said, in heaven, there's no economical problems. In heaven, there's no economy problems. In heaven, there's no sickness. In heaven, there's no disease. In heaven, there's no problems. My economy is not based on what President Biden or Washington, D.C. does. It's based on God's economy. Right? See, when this was going on, there was all kind of droughts and stuff. And you know what happened? God poured this lady oil out. Out of nowhere. Out of one bottle. He provided for her. You know, most Christians are all distressed over what's going on. Listen, we need to pray for our country. But our economy is not based on what America is doing. Or, or, or how Washington works. Or who, who you know... It's based on God's economy, right? See, this lady had to get out of debt, but she needed God's economy, right? See, I don't need Brother Allen just to survive. I need to take care of my wife. I need to take care of my, my, my future. I need to do, she had enough to live off the rest of her life. Here, here, go, go use, take the rest of it and go live off of it. Why would God just give you enough to get by? Do you have a, a get-by faith? Just a get-by faith? I just want to make it, Lord. I just want a little morsel of bread, a little bit of meat. I just want to be... No, I, I, listen, our God's bigger than that. And I understand the humility in that. I understand what you're saying. But God wants to bless His children. God wants to bless you. And He wants to give you and provide for you. God is not broke. <laughs> Come on, somebody. God owns 
everything. He owns the economy. He owns the government. He owns, he owns the banks. He owns the hospitals. He owns the insurance company. He owns everything. God, is, that's, God owns that. Men might think they own it, but they don't. I told my wife this week, I said, you know, we're going to die one day. Whatever we have is going to be given to somebody. You never own anything. Somebody else is going to get it. They're going to die. Somebody else is going to get it. The only thing we can own, sisters, brothers and sisters, in the Bible states we can own eternal life. <laughs> That's something you can own. That's something you don't ever lose. If you serve Christ with your life, you'll live forever with Jesus. That's it. I don't think the church needs to just survive. We need, we need revival, not survival. Come on. We need to understand God's power and his principles in our life. We need to know that we have to live for him and serve him and have him grow in our lives and, and enjoy the blessings of God in our life. There's a lot of people in this church who are struggling. And I, know, I understand, not that you're in sin or anything. I'm just saying that we ought to be able to, 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 to overcome these adversities, these things, because sometimes that's going to happen to test us. But God doesn't want us living on one jar of oil. He wants to fill our jars over and over. Do you understand where I'm coming from? And he wants to bless his children. He wants to bless them spiritually. He wants to bless them financially. He wants to bless them physically. But Island, God is big. <laughs> Listen, this is not a small God we, 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 we serve. We don't need just survival. We need revival. <laughs> Revival back to the faith. Revival back to trusting God. Revival back to living a holy and a godly life. Seeing God move in our lives over and over and over. Revival, uh, I was writing this down. Survival is just living. Just existing. You know, that's what, that's what survival is. I'm, I'm, I'm just making it by the skin of my teeth. You got news for you, there ain't no, there no skin on your teeth. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> I'm just live. I want to just live and be content where I'm at. Well, you never see the blessings of God like that. Nothing wrong with God providing for you, you meeting your needs, that's fine. But how many want to believe God? My God shall supply all my needs according to his riches, according to your riches in glory, according to his riches in glory. How many know God is rich? <laughs> Uh-oh. Now listen, I'm going to share something with you in a minute. That's, you can, the reason why a lot of people don't get because they don't give. Come on, somebody. Somebody wants God to give them millions, but they won't give a dollar to the Lord. Somebody wants God to heal them, but they won't try to help someone to heal. They won't even, you got, there's a given, there's a given, get situation here. You can't just, listen, if you sow sparingly, the Bible said, you're going to reap sparingly. If you just expect God to give you all the blessings and, you, and you, you, you're just sprinkling a little bit here and there and not willing to sacrifice for others, then what's going to happen? You're going to get little. But I don't want to get into that, okay? The principle of, 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 of making it in the Lord. And, and I, listen, we, we need to be givers. This church needs your support. It needs you to bless it. Amen? Because it's going to go on with or without you. But if you're getting blessed here, you need to sow, right? And I'm not, I'm not talking about money today. Because I don't barely talk about money. Because God is providing for us. But I, I am responsible and you're responsible to sow for the gospel to go out, right? But we can't be getters if we're not going to be givers. Uh oh. <laughs> Come on. We want to be blessed, but we don't want to be blessers, right? We want somebody to give to us, but we won't give to someone else. We want somebody to reach out to us, but we won't reach out for someone else. The principle is that God wants to bless you. He wants you to bless, but he wants you to be a blessing. He wants you to be a sower. He wants you to be a giver. And not necessarily money. Because me and my wife give stuff and we don't give a nickel sometimes. We go out and give ourselves. 
to serve, serve others. But that's the, you know what I'm saying? It says here in Psalms, well, let me, let me, let me, let me see this. What does revive mean? Well, I'm going to read it. But what is the word? I want to go back. I said, you can be on the survival or you can be in revival. Right? Survival is just existing. Barely making it. Just holding on. But what does revival mean? I wrote this down to restore to life. To bring back. Remember when you first got saved? Remember how exciting you were? You remember when you first got saved, you just felt the bubbling of the God in your life. God was just moving you. I mean, you felt like a brand new person. Life was good. It seemed like the whole future looked so brighter. Remember that? You couldn't wait to tell somebody about Jesus because he was so exciting in your life. Get back to that. Go back to where you first loved, the Bible says. Return back to God. Be revived. Be revived. Restore. Bring back. Is somebody hearing me this morning? Yes. <laughs> Bring back. Get excited. Listen, when I was this week, man, I was excited, man. I sit in my chair. Yo, listen, I was just weeping, man. Me and God was having time. Just me and the Lord. I've been revived the last week, a couple of days ago. And you know, I was excited. I came here Thursday, I was excited. God gave me this word. This morning, I was, I was just sitting in the chair. I was just, you know, I was listening to some worship music. I don't put the news on early, for the weather maybe, but, but I don't want to hear all that stuff. <laughs> I, started, I started putting worship music on. I was singing about the great goodness of God. Y'all sang it this morning. That's become one of my favorite songs, the goodness of God. I said, man, God is good. He's exciting. The world's dying, but my world ain't dying. <laughs> The world's falling apart, but thank God it ain't my world. Have you planted your feet in this world? Have you set your feet in this world and says, this is my, uh, listen, don't do it. Set your affection on the things above. First seek the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you, right? Put your affections on the things of the Lord. I'm going to tell you what God spoke to me, okay? He said, son. I'm going to bless you. And I'm going to see the blessings of God like you've never seen in your life. But it's already started. <laughs> because I'm enjoying the presence of God like I've never did in my whole life. Even though I felt the presence of God. I'm not knocking you know, my walk with the Lord. I grew in different. But this is, it's just something about my faith that's different. The Bible says we're growing from faith to faith. That means our faith is getting stronger and stronger. We're learning more. We're developing more in our, great, our faith to the Lord. We're learning more about what he wants for us. And the further the more I do that, the further I get away from the things of the world. When I can think about scripture, I say, love not the world, only do things in the world. If any man loves the world, the love of the Father is not in him. All that's in the world, the lust of the eye, the lust of the flesh, and the pride of life is not of the Father, but of the world. But he that doeth the will of God abideth forever. What is the will of God? What's the first thing God wants in your life? He wants your fellowship, right? He wants you to draw near to him. Listen, I told a, a, a brother uh, a month back, you know, he's a pastor. I said, you know what we're doing, brother, too much? We're paying too much attention to what's going on out there, and it's hindering our worship. We're we worried about what's gonna, what this one is doing. And I'm not saying there's not a place for that. Listen, you need to pray for preachers that are struggling. You need to pray for those that have gone astray. That's not what I'm talking about. You need to pray for our government. That's, the Bible commands us to pray for, our, for the president and the vice president. But you know what? If I, can, if I let that burden me, and my whole affection is upon death. You know, you get what I'm uh, 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 no faith. Destruction. No desire for God. It's going to hinder me. So i got to get a place where i got to get away from that stuff and say, God, it's about you. It's about what you, your, your word says. It's about your, your way, right? And I'm learning that every day. I'm going to read you another story. This is uh, old Zechariah. Zechariah was the father of John the Baptist. And Zechariah was the high priest. He, went into the, he was going to do his functions 
you know, you know, offer the sacrifice, all that stuff in the in the, in the, uh, the temple. But one day he went in and he met an angel of the Lord, and the angel said to him, "Do not be afraid, Zechariah, for your prayer is heard." Now watch. That caught you catch that caught me right there because a lot of times we're praying for something, and when God gives the answer, we don't believe it. <laughs> Listen to me. I said sometimes we're praying for something, and when the answer comes, God says, I got the answer, we doubt him. But Zechariah had been praying for a son. And the angel of the Lord said, The Lord has heard your prayer, Zechariah. He's heard you when you call out. And your wife, Elizabeth, will bear a son, and you shall call his name John. And you will, he, he, you will have joy and gladness, and many will rejoice in his birth, for he will be great in the sight of the Lord, and shall drink neither wine nor strong drink. He will be filled with the Holy Spirit, even from his mother's womb. And he will turn many of the children of Israel to the Lord, their God. He will also go before him, talking about going before Jesus. And he says, in him the spirit of the power of Elijah. To turn the hearts of the fathers to the children and the obedience to the wisdom of the just. To make ready a people prepared for the Lord. This was John the Baptist he was talking about. This baby was going to be great. This baby is the forerunner of Jesus. He's the one setting the path for for the coming of Christ. Now you hear what I'm saying? And he's telling him this. And you know, and, and Zechariah, he, he's listening. And all of a sudden, hey, wait a minute. <laughs> Have you seen Lizzie lately? Lord? She's an old lady. <laughs> and I ain't too in the prime of my life. He didn't see it like that, but I'm just kind of paraphrasing. <laughs> but it's the way he approached the, the angel. And he said this. Zechariah said to the angel, how shall I know this? For I'm an old man. I have a lot of people calling me old now. <laughs> but I don't think I'm old. <laughs> Seriously, I'm 60. I'm going to be 61. But I don't feel 60. Uh, but you know, and I said, <laughs> my kids come, hey, old man. <laughs> I ain't got used to that yet, brother. <laughs> Listen, I ain't got used to it yet because I still don't think I'm that old. But he says, <laughs> Zachariah said, hey, wait a minute. Oh, hold up, Lord. Hold up. I'm an old man. And he says here, he says, for I'm an old man and my wife is well stricken in advance in years. She's old too. If I'm old, Janice is old. Because we're the same age. <laughs> listen, I, I, listen. I'm going to tell you something. My wife conceived twice in her 40s and her 50s. She lost a little babies. We're going to see them in heaven one day. But she, listen. God don't look at numbers. <laughs> Brother Alan, listen to me. God, listen. Because the body says something, don't mean God says something different. See, God says, I mean, uh, Zacharias, Liz is kind of old, Lord. She's an old lady. I'm an old man. What, what can we do? Oh, but it got, got angry. It got, got, listen, I don't know how long Zachariah had been praying for son. It might have been 20, 30, 40 years. I don't know. But God waited till Zachariah got to the age where it was impossible to make it happen. Right? Same thing. With that, with, with uh, Abraham. Elizabeth, I mean, uh, Sarah was an old woman. Abraham was old. Sarah laughed. <laughs> kind of sound like what, what Zechariah was maybe doing. Oh, God, come on, man. Makes sense. <laughs> but God got angry. The angel of the Lord said this. In verse 9, and the angel answered and said to him, I'm Gabriel. You know who Gabriel is? Gabriel is one of God's chief angels that stands before his throne every day. So I'm Gabriel. 
I am Gabriel, one of God's high angels. He says, you ain't going to be able to talk until that happens. I'm not going to make it a long story short, but if you read the story, God struck him. He became mute. Zechariah couldn't speak till John the Baptist was born. I bet he never doubted God afterward. <laughs> Come on now. Listen, you, you think God is plain about when he, we talk about faith? When God says, I'm going to do something, don't say, oh, God, huh? like Sarah laughing in the tent, like Zachariah saying, don't you see old Lizzie's age? Don't you see I'm an old man? We make excuses when God tells us we, he's going to do something. Don't you see the bank account, Lord? Can't you see there's no money? Don't you see we're, we're, we're getting old? Come on, somebody. You, you, you better wake up this morning, praise God. <laughs> Seriously. Can't you see the situation, God? God don't know your situation. God only knows his word, right? Because he didn't believe. God struck him. Now, if you got to read the story, because I ain't got time to read it. But Zechariah had to wait until uh, till, uh, John the Baptist was born before he could speak again. What did he do? He worshiped. Gave God glory. Because of what he saw. He saw his prayer answered. Sometimes God's going to have to do something to make you believe. See, he don't force you to believe, but you're going to show you that he is who he is. Come on, somebody. He's a powerful God. He don't look at age. He don't look at circumstance. He don't look at economy. He, don't look, he looks at one thing. God promised his word. Listen to me before you leave here. Hear this. God's promise is greater than your circumstance. God's promise is greater than what you feel and what your, your bank account is. And who's, Come on, God's promise is, is greater than anything you could face. The power of God is real. He does what he wants. But he'll never do it till we set those. Come on, somebody. Till we set those vessels out. If you want something from God, don't put a few. You want a lot, God's going to give you a lot. You need, you need what he has. He's going he's to bless you abundantly. We make God sound like he's God's own welfare or something. He can only promise welfare pay and welfare things. Listen, God's not, on, God's not in the welfare business. God is in the blessing business. Come on, somebody. I'm trying to stir your faith this morning, okay? Believe me, I don't... I don't Agree with what a lot of these preachers are doing. Sucking people out of their money. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about you. When you need God, he's there to bless you abundantly. When you need a, a financial blessing, he's there. When you need a physical healing, he's there. How He's going to bless you. That's what I'm talking about. And for those that are listening on the internet, the same thing. He'll bless you. If you can hold to his word. And just let your faith, them, them, them vessels... Or, or a symbol of your faith. How much do you believe God's going to give you? How much do you believe God's going to prepare your way and set everything up for you? How much? My Lord, hallelujah. Close your Bible. You know, when I was, I'm going to read some more stuff to you. Just close your Bible a minute. When I was uh, hearing that this morning about we don't need to just be survivors. We need to be revivers. We don't need to be survived, but revived. Revive has a lot to do with repentance. You know, when, when people doubt God, have unbelief, they're never going to see the blessings of God in their life. Because the Bible is very clear that we're, you know, a double-minded man is unstable all, in all of his ways. Don't think he's going to get anything from the Lord. If we're trying to speak faith and doubt out of the same mouth, nothing's happening. My God. Sweet and bitter water doesn't come out of the same fountain. You can't get the blessings of God out of one mouth and, 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 and unbelief in, in the same mouth. There has to be a, 
a way you, way you think. It has to be a way you feel toward God. It has to be a way of knowing that God is able. Don't question the Lord. Don't question because you know what? Sometimes you, listen, it depends a lot on how we believe. The reason why, why ain't God answered me? <laughs> Maybe you just don't have enough vessels laid out for the oil to be poured out. Listen, the more vessels you put out, God, I'm expecting this, Lord. I'm living for you. I'm your child. I love you. I'm, 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 I give my heart to you. I, I believe your word. Every time you do that, you put an extra jar, an extra vessel out, and God's going to fill it up. Oh, brother, come on. Yes, I believe it. I'm tired of wishy-washy in my own faith. I'm tired of up and down faith. I don't want to be like that anymore, y'all. I don't want to be up and down. I'm up one day. I'm full of faith one, one day, and I'm full of doubt the next. I'm not I don't want to live like that. I don't want my faith to work like that. I want something for God. I'm going to put another, <laughs> another vessel. <laughs> right? I'm going to put another vessel out. Some, somebody, listen, somebody say, I need to put more vessels out. Come on. I need, I, listen, I need help. I need God. I need to keep putting vessels out. Keep putting vessels out. Keep putting vessels out. You want more oil? Put another vessel. You want God to pour some more oil into your life? Pour another, put another vessel. It says here in Psalms 85, verse 6. Will thou, and listen, this is very important because David is writing this. Will thou not revive us again? Listen to this. Praise God. Will thou not revive us again, that thy rejoicing, that we may rejoice in you or in thee? I want to be revived. When I first got saved, me and Jance were coming, I heard me tell us, but I was excited, y'all. Seriously, listen, I was around people of faith. Listen, I didn't go to the unbeliever to find, every time I went among an unbeliever, especially an unbelieving Christian. Well, yeah, Berlina, but you don't need to get that excited. <laughs> Come on. I wanted to believe God. Yeah, I've been in this long enough, you know. You get a little bit here, a little bit there kind of religion. Do you know what I'm saying? Right. But, you know, we had a lot of people here that loved the Lord, and I would get a lot of strength from them because especially Sister Kathy's husband, Brother Mike. I mean, I've gotten so much from that brother. He would always come to me and say, Berlina, got to do this. take say this. And he would tell me that. I would sit in that room, back room a lot of times just, just build, trying to build my faith. And I enjoyed that so much. And I needed it. Get around people that got faith. Don't be listening to <laughs> flim flames of Christians that one moment, they, one moment they're up, one moment they're down. They can't find peace in their life. They can't find joy in their life. Get around somebody that can tell you. God can do it. God can do it. The Lord, will, the Lord will bless you. God, listen, trust Him. Put your faith in Him. He says, and I want to read this. I like, like I said, I like to be around people that you can feel the presence of God. That's not always going to be like that because you go to church with a lot of people and, and some are on fire for God and some were not. You could be telling somebody something on one side of the, the church. And you can see their eyes light up, and they're just rejoicing for what they heard. And there's others just halfway <laughs> tossing off. You know? And you know, you're going to have it. It's not your fault. It's not mine. It's just how people are. <laughs> you're going to have some hungry. You're going to have some not so hungry. You know? And you know, I remember some time a while back, and this is another thing. About our faith, when you listen, when you when somebody when you see the weather coming, don't ever say, "I'm not planting my field." Right? What I meant by that, when the storms are coming, and you say, "Well, I'm not going to plant this year because I got too much rain." Don't don't listen. You you don't put nothing in the ground. You know, if you put a seed in the ground, you got a chance, right? If you put the crop in the ground. No matter what the storm looks like, you got a better chance of not putting nothing. Right? Because <laughs> it's going to stop raining. <laughs> well, I ain't going to waste my money on this. And when, when, when harvest time comes, you don't have nothing. 
Right? Well, I feel the Holy Ghost saying that. <laughs> when harvest time comes, you don't have nothing in the field, brother. How are you going to get what you need? How are you going to bring in a harvest if you don't have nothing to harvest? Well, I, I saw it was, it was, it, the economy was bad, and, and, and I saw that everything, no, everything's messed up, and I, I just said, well, I'll just assume keep what I got. Feel. You got to plant. You got to plant. You got to plant no matter what. Look, sometimes I get up in the morning, Janice says, well, it looks like it's going to rain. I said, well, I'm waiting. <laughs> Listen, we got some work tomorrow. We, we, all, all ask, we got some work tomorrow. And you know what? Every, every month about this time, it seems like the seed comes in. You know, sometimes we'll go ride. I said, yeah, I'm going to put our cards out. We got to plant. We got we to let somebody know we're here. Right? And you know what? It always comes. But if I sit back and say, you know what? The economy is bad. Nobody's going to buy dirt and gravel or sand. And they're not going to get nothing. And nobody's doing nothing. I wouldn't make it. I got to plant. I got to go out and sow something. I got to let people know I'm here. Right? But for most Christians, they say, well, I prayed about it. God never answered. I guess he don't want me to have it. <laughs> Who said he don't want you to have it? <laughs> My Bible says knock. <laughs> and it shall be. When you go to a door, if you want something bad enough in that, in that room or that, that house, you're going to knock till somebody comes, right? Acts. Listen, you want something bad enough? Listen. You're going to ask. Come on. My wife said, I'm going to do something about it. She said, Lenny, you still in do it, Lenny. Still in do it. Still in do it, I told you, Lenny. <laughs> After a while, I guess I'm going to do it. <laughs> got to ask. That like seek. Yep. You got to look for it. You got to go seek. You got to seek it. Can't you say, well, I went, I went one day and I didn't get a job. I went one day and it didn't happen. Well, you're not going to get it, Right? My Bible says you got to knock, seek, and ask. Knock, seek, and ask. Knock, seek, and ask. If you don't do none of those things, you ain't going to get. Right? And watch. The storm is not a bad thing. <laughs> Remember I said about the storm a while ago? The storm is a test of your faith. Oh. <laughs> Wait, no, seriously. You're looking at it, and you're saying, it's coming. I just saying, just, just quit. Well, the storm is a test. Listen, the storm is not always. When people say, well, there's a storm out there. I just can't go plant. Go plant. As long as, listen, I was working, I was digging a pond. But I, and I'm not joking. You, you think I'm lying. I was, I had to get it, I was selling the dirt fast. It was all free dirt. And, and I had to finish. And I saw a storm coming. I'm not lying to you, I'm always going to tell you the truth. I was digging, I said, well, I got to dig. I was just kept digging with my excavator. I kept digging, I kept digging. I am not lying to you. When I put the last bucket of dirt in the truck, the rain started. I'm not, it's just there, the, but Alan, the last bucket, when I put the last little scoop of dirt in the, the rain fell. It does happen. Well, the, pond, the, the pond got finished. Listen, I did my job, right? If I'd have sat there and watched the clouds, I'd, I would have never finished. But I knew I had to do it. And God answered me. And we had a goodly return, right, Mom? Hallelujah, God met our needs. Margaret, I feel that. I feel that, praise God. When the storm comes, don't, don't plant. Go plant. As long as you got something, don't look at the, the storm. <laughs> it says, and I wrote this down. See, in the storm... Is where God is. Remember Jesus? 
His disciples were fishing. Or they were, no, they were crossing over to go to the other side of the lake. They weren't fishing at the time. And, and a storm came. And Jesus was sleeping. And they were fixing the sink. And they woke him up and said, Lord, you don't care that we're going to drown? And he got up and he rebuked the storm and it stopped. And he said, where's your faith? <laughs> Remember? God was with them in the storm, right? Remember Noah getting on the ark? Come down on the ark. Where was God when Noah was riding, them, riding in that ark when it flooded, flooded the whole earth? He was in the ark with Noah. Why you got to say to come in? You got to be in the ark, right? God said, come in. And God closed the door. And he preserved Noah. Where was God? God was in the ark with Noah. Where was, the where was Jesus? With the disciples in the storm. Where is God going to be in your storm? Right there with you. Right? Lady had a storm. She needed to pay off her debt, brother. Where was God? He was in the jar of oil. Who had to go get the jars? Her and her sons. Well, her sons. Don't get a few. Get a lot. My Lord, I don't know if you feel that this morning. Praise God. I just felt led to share that with you this morning because I believe that in our hearts, if we only knew, just because the rain is coming don't mean God is not there. Just because we're lacking something don't mean God is not there. He's always there to strengthen your faith. Always, 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 always. Stand up if you can, praise God. I'm going to ask you a question. You know, I wrote something down. I was going to preach a little bit out of Ezekiel 37 about the valley of the dry bones. Maybe next time I preach. But you know, I started realizing something. Ezekiel came upon this valley. My Lord Jesus. And all he saw was dry bones. I guess he was sticking out of the ground. It was laying all around. And the Lord asked Ezekiel, said, can these bones live? He said, I don't know, Lord, you know. He said, speak. See, the bones represent a backslidden Israel, which had no life in it. And the Lord was trying to show Ezekiel that even though something is dead, God can restore it. You hear what I'm saying? I don't know about you, but sometimes I feel like I feel dry. I feel dry in my faith. And I find out that, but God says in his word, if I speak to those bones and say live, that he would restore life. Ezekiel got up in that valley and said, I speak to these dry bones. He said, Live. All of a sudden, flesh started coming on the bones, the muscles, the, tint, the all the all the body was put back together, brother. Alan. And 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 there was a lot, a whole bunch of bones had flesh on it again. And it was it came back to they, they were just there though. And after Ezekiel prophesied, they all of a sudden they they they, they, they were full again. There was the whole body, right? And he told Ezekiel again, he says, speak breath or life into them. Breathe. Speak breath unto them. So the Lord showed Ezekiel when he spoke again, that when he, the breath of God came on them, they all came alive. And they got up on their feet. And they became a mighty army. You know what? I know this is, if you ever study prophecy, this is talking about Israel, but in the church... And the people of God have become dry. They're like dry bones that have no life in them. But God wants His church to come back alive. He wants to breathe life. He wants us to be in His presence. You understand what I'm saying? He wants to breathe on us His, His Holy Spirit. I believe that without the Holy Spirit, it ain't God's church. 
Without the Holy Spirit, it's dry, it's dead. If you're feeling dry, ask God to breathe upon you His Spirit and revive. Let the life of God come back into you. And let the Spirit of God move in your life again. And let the songs of joy rejoice out of your lips. And the faith of God coming out of your mouth. And allow God's Spirit to come and to move in your life. We need the presence of God in Coda Homes. And God help me, we're going to have it, okay? But it's not going to happen by just wishing for it. We're going to have to seek God for it. We got to pray God's spirit move through this community and this to Laurelville and St. Martinville and Calahoula and Henderson and all these areas. We need God to move. They got dead bones out there, man. Some of them used to come here, praise God, that have lost their way. And God needs to revive them, right? Speak to that problem. Listen, don't, don't, don't be scared to use your voice. You see somebody that's not serving God, you see them dried up by the, by the speak. I speak life into that person. I'm not trying to say we have the power. I'm just saying as, as, as God told Ezekiel, speak to these bones. Speak to these bones and they shall live. Hallelujah. I don't want to be a dry bone Christian. <laughs> Come on, somebody. I want to be somebody on fire for God. I want to be ready to serve the Lord with my life. I'm starting to realize I'm 60 years old. If I got 40 more years left on this earth, if the Lord don't come back, I'm lucky. Maybe 30, maybe 20, maybe not tomorrow. But I want to use every, every part of my life to serve Jesus. Okay? If I got to just preach to y'all the rest of my life, then that's what it's going to be. Hallelujah. Seriously. But I want to present God's word in the fullness. We, we are a full gospel church, right? We're not a half gospel church. We're a full gospel church. We believe in the full, the full principles of God's word, the whole article of God. From Genesis to Revelation, right? We don't want to take out what we don't like and try to add what we think is in there. Why don't we just accept it for what it is and for what it says? I want you to bow your heads a minute. And this is, this is personal, okay? Between you and the Lord. If you've been feeling dry lately, you've been feeling like you don't have enough vessels for the, for the all that God wants to pour out in your life, pray with me. Dear God in heaven, I'll pray. We need your oil, Lord God. We need a lot of vessels, Lord God. Because we're expecting a lot of oil. Father, move, Father God, in our faith. Let us see greater things in our faith. Father, help us to be able to go forward and give a testimony of a good God, a God that loves, a God that saves, a God that heals, a God that provides. Let our testimony be the testimony of victory yes. and faith. In Jesus' name, I want to say something before I close. I have hope this morning. <laughs> Listen to me. I have hope this morning. When I was praying a minute ago, the Lord's, this little church is going to be filled with hungry souls. Because no matter how much we have this morning, we're going to lay out those vessels, Sister Kathy. And we're going to fill them up. Let God fill them up with oil. I feel the presence of God saying that. We're going to fill them, and God's going to send hungry souls in this church that are going to be saved, filled with the Holy Ghost, and healed. And great things are going to happen in their life. But we got to go out there and borrow those vessels. we got to go out there and, 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 and bring them in. That God can fill them up. Right? Listen, God took 12 apostles and turned the world upside down. Right? <laughs> I said, God took 12 apostles and turned the world upside down. 12 men 
12. Till today, we're still quoting from one end of the earth to the other. The Apostle Paul's writing, Peter, John. We can still quote these, these, these books from all over the planet, from the deepest jungles in Africa, Dakota Homes. <laughs> you know, even Neil Armstrong, when he first saw the earth, when he went up into space, he said, he quoted, in the beginning, <laughs> God created the heavens and the earth. Come on, you won't hear that, but I, I was listening to an audio that the very first thing that Neil Armstrong said when he got up in space, he said, in the beginning, <laughs> looked upon the earth, God created the heavens and the earth. The word in space, right? The word in Coda Homes, the word in Africa, the word in Germany, the word in Russia, the word, it's, it's spoken all over the place from 12 apostles. You know, most of you have been here longer than anybody. You know how many souls came through this little building. Where are they? I'll tell you what, what, I can tell you what's with them. That word they heard. <laughs> One day they're going to say, I remember. In that little church in Coda Homes, that preacher said, the Bible said, I remember. The people there, they, they were rejoicing and rejoicing. They, they're going to come to the place where they're going to remember. I look for my own children. I got to remember the seed that they heard. The word that they heard is in their heart. And one day it's going to germinate, right? It's going to take root. And they're going to remember, right? (laughs) Lord, thank you for this morning. I thank you for my brothers and sisters out here. I ask you to bless us, strengthen us, and help us to walk in faith. God bless you. And you all have a good day, man. Praise God. Thank you, Lord.